Well, hello and thank you for coming back and joining us again at the Cheeky Cauldron podcast where no topic is too spicy for the pot. I am your co-host, Ani Williams, and I'm joined with my friends and fellow co-hosts, My Cherie and Tamika Soretti. We had such a good time sharing our experience at the Cheesecake Factory with you guys that we decided to go out and pick our favorite restaurants to feature and try out and share with you in honor of Valentine's Day coming up. So whether you guys are into this manufactured holiday or not, there's some awesome choices uh, for whining and dining in Austin. My choice was Lynn Asian Bar and Dim Sum. Okay, hi everybody. So this is my pick for a romantic restaurant. I know it's loud. That fish was so good. It was so good. Oh my god, it was so good. <laughs> Yay! I know, it's such a sweet Uh little spot. Yay! I love it. Okay, so uh, first of all, we had a lot of fun (laughs) going there. So fun. There's a few things that I love about it. One is that the owner is a woman, and she came up uh, through the culinary scene in New York And her goal was to create authentic Chinese cuisine that was healthy with good, like, locally sourced ingredients. And she was inspired by her grandmother. So this is a very female-centric, very powerful uh, idea that this woman not only has this restaurant, but two other ones now. That's hers. And she was the dim sum chef at Wu Chang's. And then she left and opened up her own place. So her name is Chef Ling Ki Wu. And she's pretty amazing. The food's phenomenal. So, ladies, what did you think about the food? Um, okay, one real thing. Was it Wu Chow or Wu Chang? Oh, I'm sorry, Wu Chow. Wu Chow. Thank okay. you for correcting me. Yeah, because that's very specific. That's an Austin <laughs> staple. Yeah. And so we got to get that right. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I like it because, one, knowing that it was, you know, uh, her grandmother's inspired her. That's very personal. And that's somebody who's going to put a lot of love, love into the food. Right. Yeah. And I think that's why the atmosphere, because yes. didn't it feel family and our yeah. server was amazing? Like I felt yes. like we were at her house. Yes. Yeah. Right. I love that it and was it, really cozy. Yeah. yeah. And it was not just our server. We had other servers Server. coming by to check on us and make sure we were good. No, so no you're that absolutely is very, right. So the thing is, what we're doing, guys, is picking places that in this particular theme that we deem romantic, right? And Mm -hmm. so everybody's idea of romance is different. And one of the other reasons why I love this in terms of romance was that it was so small and intimate Mm -hmm. and it was noisy and it wasn't trying too hard. Like it felt very just honest and, and simple and lovely. So mm-hmm. that was my choice. Well, for me, it was a little bit different because it was noisy. And I mean, there's a thing of if you're like, I've been married 18 years. So if me and my husband go there, wherever we go, we take the romance with us. So it, it would be fine. <laughs> but if you're going on a first date and you want to, you know, um, have some quiet to get to know each other, you know, you don't want to have to shout over all of the noise. So that's the only thing I thought about it. Mm. 
Can we talk about the food? Absolutely. <laughs> I was just wondering if you thought it yes. was romantic. Oh, yeah. I, I, rom- I did. I did think it was romantic. I really, I thought it was, uh, I liked the intimacy. There was a sexiness about it based on the lighting because it had like that red, warm oh, lighting. Yes. Yeah, so I felt, I felt sexy. And I think that I like the kind of the cherry on the top, the food was great, but the cherry on the top was like, they really spend time crafting their drinks. Yeah. Those drinks were so, so special. special. So <laughs> Ooh, Okay, wait, can we talk about the drink with the, um? was it the flower? The flower. The tongue and gum I, I flower. I put that clip in of me yes. going, whoa. Like, <laughs> oh, you should have. Because it was good though. You should have. Oh my gosh. I love it. Yeah, that. okay. Do, do we remember the name of the drink? Electric. Electric. Uh, was it Electric? Pink Lady or something? Electric Pink Lady or something, because it wasn't the Victoria. I remember you did oh, one with Victoria's Secret. It was Electric Pink, maybe just or okay. Electric- we yeah. will send out a little follow up snippet of the yes, name. yes. But <laughs> it has this yeah. flower that when you bite into it, it numbs your tongue, and then you're supposed to wait about what five, ten seconds, mm-hmm. and then you drink. Yes. And I was afraid to do it because she said it was spicy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But it wasn't spicy. But our server was so excited about everything she sent us. And like she and I think she was excited that we were excited, mm-hmm. like that we love food. Right. Yeah. Like, she was lovely. I love she her. was. Yeah, she was lovely. Special. What about that fish? Oh, Ooh, my goodness. We got a whole fish, fish. that was salt and peppered. Um, was it Szechuan style or like? Yeah, that one was Szechuan style. Yeah, because they had two. They had a Thai style, which was sweet. Yeah. And then we did the spicy one. And yes. we got the peppers on the side. They were very accommodating. Yeah. No, like, very accommodating. There was no attitude about it. Yeah. Because no. TT don't do spicy. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you guys, they actually took the fish, broke it up, fried little like fish bites yeah. within the beautiful fish. It was just amazing. Incredible. So, yeah. One of my I'm top so picks happy now. that it was you guys really... liked it. Yeah. Um, I also felt really honored because these two have are Austin natives in a sense. You guys have been here so long. I think yes. you're you're natives by now. And I'm the newbie. And I was the one that introduced it to them. So I was excited about that. Well, yeah, we always love um, new and exciting restaurants. So yeah. even though I've been here for over 20 years. <laughs> I know. So I was an Austin at now. Yeah. Um, an- I still love, like, I Google all the time the best of when I'm going to a restaurant if I need something new. Mm-hmm. I think it's also a testament to Austin, right? Mm-hmm. That there's so much, because you ladies are ladies about town. So that there's so much going on in Austin that's amazing that you still get to have new experiences. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I, I think that's how I felt living in New York. Like, yes. I felt like there was always a new experience. You can mm-hmm. live there for 50 years. And there's yeah. always and something. There's, something there's another. That's what's so great about Austin. There's all these little pockets of really uh, great things to do, great plates, culinary experiences. And I love that. You know, we're the Cheeky Cauldron podcast and we're we're growing and expanding. And with that, we're, we get to have these experiences together as sisters and we get to stir the and pot fun. in the restaurant. <laughs> yeah. Yay. Okay, so as we segue, um, I actually never went on a Valentine's dinner with my husband until we were together for about five or six years. So we're not big Valentine's people, but we are big restaurant people. And I do like a sexy restaurant if it's sexy because of food, atmosphere, whatever. But I, I want to go ahead, if it's all right with you guys, and segue into our topic. Okay. Um, and it's it's marriage. 
It's, you know, last week we talked about dating. We talked about what first dates look like. We talked about expectations and kind of where dating is headed, right? And how expectations have changed. Mm -hmm. So you can't help them but wonder how have how has that affected long-term relationships? How has that affected marriage or, you know, people who are what's it called? Common law married, right? Like mm -hmm. if if you're basically married. Like how do those expectations affect that? And I, I'm really curious to talk about it in the cultural norms of America. So I'm talking about a traditional, quote unquote, traditional marriage of a man and a woman, a hetero cisgendered union, right? What are the cultural expectations and how have those shifted through the years? Um, I, I'm also curious how you guys feel about the fact that I think we're all feminists to some degree, right? And so the fact that women, it used to be a choice where you could go to work and stay home, but because of the economy, women kind of have to go to work. And what's that's doing for the kids? Because type 2 diabetes is on the rise. Uh, death by suicide for teens is higher than it's ever been. Mm. So there's something missing in the family unit, right? And I'm not I'm not saying the I'm not giving the answer right now because I'm really curious and I really want to have this discussion. Is it that the wife and the woman is is the is important and pivotal in making sure that marriages and families are successful? Is it that we're not teaching our boys? that it's okay to be nurturers, that it's okay to stay home and take on some of those responsibilities? Or is it just biologically off? Like, is it biologically incongruent with where we naturally thrive horm hormonally? Mm. So I guess my first question, because that's a lot, I know. My first question is, growing up, what what sort of what sort of gender norms and gender roles did you guys glean from the way you grew up? Because I know you grew up differently. Like you grew up with your parents married, right? Yes. And together yes. And, and a very traditional family. Yes. You grew up with a single mom as I did, right? Mm -hmm. And my, I don't know about you, you'll have to speak for yourself. My mom was single the whole time. There was no like dad was here and then left. There was, mm -hmm. there was never a male figure. It was just her and my sister. So I'm just curious what what you guys got from not only the home, but from America, from the greater culture, from TV, like what did the male and female roles, what did you think they were supposed to be? Well, for me, growing up in a traditional household with my mom and dad and three brothers in a very small town in South Carolina, I... I saw tradition, like there were definite, like distinct roles between what my brothers did and my dad did and what my mom did and how she taught me how to cook in the kitchen and um, making sure that the house is maintained. And then the boys took care of taking out the trash and mowing the grass and that kind of thing. And so the dichotomy between the role of my dad who went to work every day and then my mom who stayed at home with us was very clear. It was like my mom was responsible as the matriarch of taking care of the household. And your mom, uh, your mom did work or didn't so, work? So no, my mom worked, uh, she worked a little bit later when we were older. She worked at actually at our school school as a teacher. But for the most part, she was at home. She was a stay-at-home mom. And uh, my dad went to work every day. So you day had a very like 
American culturally like yes. traditional upbringing. Traditional. Absolutely. And, yes. and yes. when you walked and away from that, is that what you thought your marriage would be like as a woman? Um, I can't really say that because I did want different. I don't think that I was in a traditional uh, family, but there were a lot of things about it that I thought hindered my mom from mm. actually being independent. I think that uh, my mom and dad had like, my mom had a codependency on my dad and the same with my dad as well. But I really wanted to be independent based on my mom, seeing my mom not having being able to do the things that yeah, like, kind of yeah. being chained to the house, right? absolutely. Because that's a full time job to do that well. Yes, right. And I, yeah, and I saw her break down sometimes, and it was really, it was really sad because I'm like, you can do whatever. Why, why can't you go out and do what you want to? Like, why do you have to be pinned down to like this is what I need to do and this is my responsibility. And it's great. Like, I love that she was there and took care of us for all. They were married for 42 years until she passed away. So I think there's something to say about the family unit. Right. Because I want to circle back to you. Yes. But I love okay. that you, just to put a little pin in that, right? Yes. So you're saying okay. that, that you grew up with this traditional family, but there was a part of you that saw that your mother wasn't free. Free, Absolutely. Free, free to do to, what she like yes, to pursue her dreams. Her pursue her dreams. Like she okay. had four children. So pursuing her dreams was not really Or all of her dreams. I'm sure all of her, yeah, some of, of her, yeah, some of her dreams. Uh okay. I I feel like she she was hindered from doing that. And maybe it was just her not saying, Hey, I want to do this or I want to go back to school or whatever the case, or but she got to teach. She got to teach. So that was a big no, part of but it. We'll circle back. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> what about you? What was yours? Wow. Okay. So um, my mom was, for the most part, most of my life, a single mom. Okay. Um, she got married my senior year when I was on my way at the door and oh. on my way to the Navy. Well, then, yeah, you, you grew up with a single mom. Yeah. <laughs> so, but there was um, times when she would have, you know, being monogamous, she would have boyfriends for stints of time. But I just learned, you know, um, that the woman is there. She takes care of her kids and she holds it down, you know, and even were without you a man. aware that that was her boyfriend or did you just think he was oh, yeah. a nice man? Okay. Oh, no, no, no. Um, you know, there's uh, two in, in particular that were there for a long amount of time, you know. Um, and then the second one is the father of my sister, my younger sister. Oh, okay. And my mom thought she was done with kids, but then the surprise baby came and she thought there was going to be marriage. Yeah. But she thought this was the guy. Yeah. Okay. And that didn't happen. So I think that um But so you did have like did he live with you? Yeah. He lived with so us. So you did have time where you saw your mother compromising and having two adults in the home. Or, yeah. Okay. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so um but then that fell apart and he left. And so then it was from the time I was like 11 until my senior year when she was back to the single mom thing. But now she had three kids instead of two. But what what sort of what sort of ideas did you walk away with when you went off to start your own family? You know what? I don't think I had any um, ideals as far as what the gender specific roles should be. But when I did get married, he came in with ideals that were, it was going to be this, 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 and this. And, you know, he's the man, he goes to work. 
I should stay home. Um, I should, you know, cook and clean. And when he got home from work, his food should be ready and his, you know. So he was very traditional. He was he, very. Was he older than you? Or the same no, age? he was younger than me. In, younger. Okay. So the reason I'm asking this is because, I, okay, so just really briefly to give my little backstory. I had a single mom. Uh my father, she, my father divorced uh, when I was like a baby. So I never saw her. A man never lived in the house. I had no idea that she even had a boyfriend. I thought that he was this nice guy that used to bring us steaks and stuff. Like I, <laughs> my siblings both are like, you're an idiot. But I, I had no idea. Like she just was really big on this hard boundary of no men in the house. She would go on these like vacate like these weekend retreats for work which i now realized was so she could go be a human and <laughs> hang out with her boyfriend but yeah she get, she definitely kept that from me right mm. so i grew up in a totalitarian home my mother was the law there was no one to see her compromise with to see her disagree with that and it was very peaceful right mm -hmm. there was no <laughs> as long as you follow the rules follow the rules and everything <laughs> is simple so um what I think is interesting, though, is you guys are saying the same thing that happened to me when I went out into the world. I didn't ha I didn't think about it. I didn't think about what the roles were until I got into the marriage. Yeah. Mm. And so now I want to ask you, once you got into the marriage, did judgments arise? Did you look at your situation or at your husband and think, huh, you're a man, you should do this? I, as the woman, am expected to this. I have this pressure, this expectation from wherever, society or whatever, to make sure this is, to make sure my child is clean and his shoes don't have holes. Like, like what, whatever, I'm, I'm putting a little a bit of my stuff on there, but whatever, did any of that start to show up after you were in, oh, yeah. in the oh, marriage? Yeah. yeah. So I'm I, wondering what those, what those judgments were then. About um, roles. In the beginning, I was happy to stay at home because I got to spend the first five years of my son's, you know, yeah. and not a lot of women get to do that, especially nowadays, because you need to have to work income households. You know, you have yes. the women are out there and they have to work. So for me, that was great. But then when it um, and I had no um judgment on it except for like you were like what i thought a man should do mine were the opposite what i thought a man shouldn't do okay he shouldn't cheat he shouldn't hit me he shouldn't those you are know good things yeah those are very good things <laughs> but that's what my marriage ended up being and it was because at some certain point i had dreams and aspirations like y'all know like my dreams are now in the stratosphere I could not have those dreams and hopes when I was married because would he, you have cared if he was not an earner, if you had the baby and he was like, "I just can't work. I need to stay home. Can you go to work?" Would would that have bothered you? Um, I don't think it would have. But seeing my career, you know, up until this point, I wasn't making a lot of money. Okay, because it took you know that they'd say it well, you, takes ten well, years you, to become an overnight sensation, right? And I'm double that, and I still haven't become <laughs> an overnight <laughs> sensation, right? But what if you would have had to go get a regular in job? a regular traditional job? Um, I, I think I would have been okay with it. Okay, but I feel like I don't know because I, I'm I was selfish to the point of I wanted to be there with my son, and now like me and him are like this. Mm -hmm. So I don't know that I would have gotten that time with him if I had it to go out into the world and work. And what about yeah. you? 
So for me, when I got married, I actually married someone who was traditional as well and kind of maintained those same traditions that were in my family growing up as a child. And I like what you said about what a man shouldn't do because he actually did all the things that my dad did for providing for the family. I that felt right to you. Yes, that felt right. And there was never any issues with that in our relationship. And he actually, when we first started our relationship, he allowed me to pursue my dreams, which I thought was even cooler because I don't think my mom had that opportunity. And he was like, you want to start your own business? I'll help you get your business off, you know? And uh, I also was in school during the time that we were married. And we talked about, you know, having children and all of that. So I was in a traditional marriage. And then Along the way, uh, there started to be some things that happened in the marriage that triggered me from my childhood that I experienced. And I thought to myself, I am in <laughs> the same marriage <laughs> as my mom was in. And I started, the, like, things started to close in on me. Like you were saying, like, the way he talked to me, the way he handled me. So it was very male chauvinist. And it's like, I love, I want to be with a man. I don't want to be with a pussy. I want to be with a real man. Okay. So, so. Let's, I just want to slow down and talk okay. about that. <laughs> so what? Slow down. No. Talk about that. What, what is a real man? I mean, a real man is a, a provider, someone who will protect you. And 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 also someone who respects you. Okay, so stop there. So this okay. is this is the point. This is the part that I'm trying to get to. Right? We have these ideas. We have these judgments about what real men are, mm-hmm. and we take them for granted. We're just yes. like, this is fact. This, of course, that's what a man is, right? Mm-hmm. But not everybody feels the same way. True. Right? Because there are True. men who are not the breadwinners. They're married to women who out-earn them three, four times. They're the main caregiver for the kids. They're they're doing bedtime and reading and tucking in at night. Mm-hmm. And there's no judgment with that. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm thinking, I mean, you get, we're all part of the same generation. Yeah. I'm actually shocked at how open you guys were like, yeah, I don't care. I didn't have any. I did. I definitely had judgments. I had judgments mm-hmm. thinking that a man is a provider number one. If I want to work or don't want to work, it's my choice. But when it comes down to it, the man should be out there earning and providing for me so that when I'm pregnant and can't tie my shoes, I don't have to worry about the rent getting paid or the mortgage being paid or the food on the table. Yes. So that but that is my own. That's my own culturally like my own cultural conditioning. Mm hmm. Like it, it is, and I I didn't realize it right away. I just thought, well, this is how things are. But there's a whole other generation of people below us, millennials, who are like, no, that's that's ridiculous. So yes, I, I was agree. just, and I, I I was just curious where you guys were at because I think a lot of people are completely unaware of just how much conditioning is affecting how they view their spouse, right? Absolutely. So I said, so you can go yes. on. But I just wanted to slow down because you said, I don't want a pussy. I want a real man. Yeah. Well, right. Hold so, on. Can, so then can I add in just to button on what you said? Yeah. Maybe subconsciously, because you said when I was younger in my first marriage, yes. I didn't have those ideals. But the second time I got married, I had those ideals because now I'm in a place where, no, my husband must provide. That's his job. Okay. And. Um, and so, but it probably took years of that 
subconscious thought to come out because, no, he's got to pay the bills. And I, you know. And you've uh, also figured out what you want, I, you know, <laughs> but you figured out what you want and what feels right and how and how you respect him. Right. Yes. Because yes. it's a matter of you wanting to respect your spouse and it's vice versa. What are his expectations of you? I mean, he's not here to speak for himself. Well, he's he's very much a traditional man in terms of, no, I pay. Like when we go to the restaurants, he pays the bill. When we go wherever, he pays the bill. He's fine with he has to pay all the bills. And, then and what does he want from you, though? Um, what, what, what female roles does he expect from you? Um, he expects a hot meal. He expects loving when he when he wants it. Loving, <laughs> you know. what's loving? <laughs> you know what? Oh, poor, poor single woman. <laughs> no, oh, go no, on. I get loving. Go on. And, okay. and he just expects like I do take care of the household. But then there's also other things I do in terms of his business that he can't do it. Like he's not. Uh, technically inclined. Right. And there are things that I do. I do some of the marketing. I do some of the stuff. And I just, you know. Which is all still fine because he, it's his business. It's his business, his stuff. And he needs that help to do it. But I help support him in that. And that's all he asks from me. Well, this is why I wanted to talk about this, because being a therapist, right, and I have mm -hmm. couples who come in or people alone, and a lot of them are running into marital issues. And I feel like it's coming down to their own judgments about this, like this conditioning that has come from from society and from their homes, you know, mm -hmm. about how the spouse is supposed to be. And the way the economy is set up today, I mean, your situation is almost becoming elitist. Like you almost have to be in an elitist position to not have to worry about having two incomes and a family because mm -hmm. of this of the disparity with the economy, which I know is Absolutely. another topic. Mm -hmm. So because of that, we have women who are no longer given the choice. There's lots of women, I think, who would love to stay home with their babies mm -hmm. and maybe just stay home for a few years till they're six. till they go off to school and then go back to work. That's what I got to do. Yeah. I feel really privileged I got the same thing. I got to be with my boy. Now we're thick as thieves. You know, <laughs> it's fantastic. Um, so that's a privilege. And I, I'm so grateful for. But at the same time, what's happening to all of these lovely couples who are really in love and who are having horrible, horrible fights because things are falling apart at home? Because kids are being neglected, because there's no more meals around the table, because the woman is exhausted, exhausted. trying so hard to keep the family values that came from the 50s and all this mm -hmm. stuff, right? And to be this badass working woman bringing home the money, a lot of times out earning her husband. Absolutely. And now she's also supposed to be this caring, nurturing, thoughtful mother. Mm-hmm. And the sexy minks in the bedroom. Exactly. How do you do it all? Exactly. How do you do it all? How I have a question. How? What percent of those couples that you see, is there a power play uh, in play? Because a lot of times, and I've dated some men who had money, that was the power play because they are the... Um, rich guy or the well-to-do guy and they have the money they expect certain things from you and they hold that over you oh yeah right? because oh, absolutely of conditioning mm -hmm. absolutely i think it goes back to when boys want the nice car 
and the nice bachelor pad to attract the beautiful girl. And they want the beautiful girl. They want the beautiful girl. So look, I have these things. I'm established. I got this wad of money. I'll take you to the nice restaurants, whatever you need, right? Like last week, what we looked at with the guy, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Like I have these things in place for you, but it's falling apart because I'm sorry. Women are still, I, I think, my experience, and please disagree with me if you don't agree, I think women are still judged by society about how well the family's doing over the man. Now, I'm not talking about the money. I'm talking about how how successful the kids are, mm-hmm. like how the house is decorated, mm-hmm. how they're, what extracurricular activities are going on, the vacations, the Christmas cards, the parties, yes. the birthdays, all that to me the onus is on the female. Mm-hmm. And if dad decides to throw one birthday party, <laughs> he is the man of the year. Yes. You guys agree with me? Yeah. Okay, yes, so I agree. My I will... question is, why? After, I mean, come on, this has been generations of women working. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so why is it still like this? Why is it taking multiple? And I think it's because of conditioning. I because think the patriarchy, that's why. Yeah. But we're the matriarchy. I mean, I think what you're talking about in terms of um, we're expected to make sure everything is maintained in the house, make sure that the kids look even down to how how the kids are presented, what they're doing in school, while we're also trying to pursue our dreams. Because it's kind of flip-flop for you all. Like, y'all, you grew up single mom, single mom, traditional family. Now I am the single mom. I know. I got divorced and now I am the single mom. So the responsibility that I have to make sure that my kids have everything that they need and also be a matriarch as a single um, in my like, you know, breadwinner in my household and then them having, you know, co-parenting time with their dad. And so finding, I think it's about finding that balance. Me too. And I think that's why it's flip-flop. Yes. yes right. Because I think, yes. I think Tamika and I both grew up even if we weren't consciously aware of it, we wanted that traditional family, right? Like we didn't have it. And so we wanted it and we wanted it for our kids and because of the things that we felt we missed, right? And for you, you wanted your mother to have the autonomy and the decision-making freedom to go do what she wanted to do. So now we we both, we all flipped 100% the other way. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And we're, st- we're still looking for, for that balance. That balance. Absolutely. I was having this conversation with a client of mine who is a millennial. I might invite her out here once. And she and her husband have a magical situation going on. Mm. They take turns each week who cooks, who reads to the kids. I mean, they have it all worked out. Now they're in a different generation. Right. Mm-hmm. And when I was talking to her, I was like, okay, but does your husband feel judged that you're like, you know, out earning him or whatever. And she was like, judged by who? Like that just seemed mm, foreign to her. It never, mm-hmm. yeah. Right? And I said, she, she goes, where is this judgment coming from? <laughs> and I said, me. I hold it. Like oh, to wow. be very, very transparent. Mm-hmm. I have it. And the, the fact of the matter is just like with systemic racism, it's not going to go away in one generation, right? Yeah. Well, systemic sexism isn't either. We grew up in a very sexist America, the patriarchy, right? And so even though on a cognitive level, I know it's ridiculous. 
on a cognitive level, if I walked out of here tomorrow and suddenly started earning $100 million a year, Mm -hmm. my husband does not earn that. I wouldn't want him to go away because I was out earning him. Yes, of course. I, I wouldn't be like, well, you're a punk because I'm. Yeah, but do you think Oprah he has that fear? Away. <laughs> do you think yes. he has that fear that yes, you I will no longer want him, need him need or want or him? Want him. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I don't think for him it's a conscious or rational fear. I think it's something that is embedded. And because he grew up in a traditional family, his father, his mother worked, but his father was the earner. Mm-hmm. Right. And so and it's it's America. Like, even if that wasn't in your home, you look at TV. Yes, right. All the absolutely. sitcoms. Yes. What what our goals were. So, yeah. And, and I, I don't I think we saw that, though, normal in America until The Cosby Show. All, oh, all like before black that. People? It, yeah. Oh. Be, like oh, think about period. the first uh, TV show Diane Carroll had. She was Julia. Mm-hmm. What was she? A single mom to a son. They always showed us in that light. But in a white family, it was the no, mother, the we father. We had the Jeffersons, and we had good times. I okay, think you're right. We did, but I think but, <laughs> oh, they but, had some but Florida. First <laughs> they, of all, Florida didn't work. Wheezy didn't work. <laughs> But in Weezy. in the Cosby Show, Claire, what what was yeah, she? Yeah, Claire she was Huxtable. A, she she was, she was an attorney. Yes, she was an attorney. I'm sorry, I yep. she was an yeah. attorney. Claire. And she worked, but she still commanded the house, and she still yes. that's what I'm talking. About. So that was in and the it 80s. still fell on her though. Yeah. Even in the episodes, like yes. the whole chocolate cake and mommy, can I have chocolate cake? No, baby, leave the chocolate cake. And then daddy comes. Oh, he, dad, daddy, daddy, <laughs> great. Yeah, you give us chocolate cake. <laughs> <laughs> used to love that. <laughs> right. Yes. So that it was still showing the wife. It was she was the one she to was make the disciplinarian. sure the disciplinarian, the person with the foresight to see what the kids needed, the executive functioning. The, it is still like that. It really is. If I were yes. going to do a consensus and just start tallying up the women who have the same exact complaints, like I want to do like a circle group. Oh, yeah. Like, hey, ladies, you're not alone. You're feeling yes. like overworked. Absolutely. No, so, I agree. I know we could talk about this forever, but I want to, let me check my notes here. I, I just wanted to kind of talk about some hope, right? Like, what is it that we need to do to move forward, right? To move past this conditioning? Because it's not just us in this room. People have these ideals. We are in some way, judging other people, even if it's not conscious, even if it's even if you love them, but it's like, oh, your husband is a provider. Excellent. Good for you. You made a good choice. He's not a deadbeat. He's not yes. lazy, right? These are all the names. So what about those men who could be amazing nurturers? What about those men who might still work, but be more like your mom, right? Maybe maybe they're a teacher and they don't make a ton of money and they have all, the summer's free and the evening's free to take care of the kids and the mom's off running a Fortune 500 company. Mm-hmm. Like, why isn't that okay? But I think that is kind yeah. of because where dating is going right now, a lot of women are choosing to, you know, get the degrees, get the high paying jobs. And there are earning men by I don't know what the the stats are right now, but there women are out earning men by I don't know how much. And especially in the black community, there's this big thing now. I was watching something on TikTok where black women are really not expected to 
um, you know, have the man that is, um, you know, okay with her being out there earning and she's not expected to marry up. She's expected to, to have struggle the, and work. have the man who doesn't make as much. Have oh, the man the who, yeah, hmm. interesting. That is interesting. Yeah, so that's that is interesting. Happening right now. I feel like that's its own topic. Like what? I didn't yeah. even know that. So you're it saying is. like culturally, the black woman is looked at as oh, you are the person who is who's getting the hustle on, who's doing all the work, and uh huh. So mm-hmm. does does that have to do with and that might work? come in in our fourth episode? So well, y'all okay. just hold on. Yeah. Okay. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah, that no, is. Well, very I, I also want to just say that in terms of where do we get to this space where we do have this healthy relationship? It doesn't matter if the man is earning more money or the woman is earning more money. It's about um, communicating. Like when you get into a relationship. What are your needs? What are your core values? Like, what is that? And how do you bring that together if you're starting a family with one another? And what I've learned is that couples that the couples that I've known that I'm that have stayed together in the relationship are both wanting that both have this compromise with one another. And they also do couples therapy. They also communicate very well. There are a lot of things that happen in relationships. So instead of making it individual, it becomes relational because you're actually in a business agreement with well, who you're I with. Think, <laughs> I think you say communication. And I think that's everything. Absolutely. That and, and also being self-reflective. Because people ah, have yes. these narratives running mm-hmm. that they don't even realize is, isn't them. It's mm-hmm. all it's like generations back that have influenced the way they're thinking. Uh, and if yeah. they really stopped and grounded and got in touch with who they are at their core, they'd realize some of these ideas that they have are absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely. Right? <laughs> yes. But but you have to get real with yes, yourself. You have to and get start real. And start examining <laughs> yes. your own bullshit. Yes. Um, so anyway, like I said, so And one just, of the reasons for I was thinking, like, even in my relationship, when I requested, let's go to therapy, let's, oh, you're you're the problem. You're the problem, not me. And I'm like, well, if I'm the problem, well, then let's talk about it in therapy or let's talk yeah. about it. Let's sit down and talk about it. It's like, no, just do what I say. And I saw that in my parents' relationship. And that's why I was like, oh, I'm out. This is not going to work. Because, because that's that's toxic. <laughs> that's right? toxic. Yeah. yeah, that's absolutely so toxic. One thing I did want to say before I, I wrap us up is that I, I noticed how how painful this this whole judgment thing is because when the judgment is is put over on this person that you really do love, right? Like whenever that seeps into my marriage, I really love my husband. This judgment, it's coming from someplace else. It then wraps back around to yourself because then you start judging yourself and, and questioning your own self-worth because in your head, if you were the right kind of woman or the right kind of man, you'd have a spouse who was doing these things correctly. Again, yes. I don't even think that's conscious. But what no, it's doing yeah. is you have these two people whose self-worth is tanking. Absolutely. And then they're wondering why they can't get along or why they 100%. don't want to make love anymore. Mm-hmm. Like where, where'd the magic go? Well, both of you feel like crap. Yeah. Right? And you're not building each other up. Up. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. So, so communication important. is a big one, not only with the person, but with, with yourself. Yes. So anyway. Um, <laughs> you preaching, well, we, girl. You preaching. Well, like, we can go on, on all day on, on about this rabbit this. hole has no end. <laughs> but um, anyway, so uh, please, please stay tuned. Uh, next week 
We're going to talk about when the communication really does break down. And the only answer is the big D. No, not what you guys are thinking about <laughs> divorce. Oh, okay. That's I would be love that it. <laughs> so anyway, uh, thank you so much for finding us and tuning in and listening. And we can't wait to uh, check back in with you next week. So please join us and feel free to leave comments and everything. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye.